Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Baby. But before we get into yeah. it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AW Rampage, but also AW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT, Dubai. Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a buddy quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead tonight to the Rampage, baby. This is Rampage. And what do you know, Michael Sidgwick? An episode of AEW Rampage to actually look forward to. Well, Wilborn, you might notice I've got my phone in my hand. Yes. Okay. What am I doing right now? Nope. <laughs> no, what I'm doing right now, Wilborn, is... I think that was one of your previous searches. What I'm doing, Wilborn, is... What am I doing right now? You are... Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Sidgwick... For a Saturday morning, and he, we know, and he's talked about this before. He's a, any parent will know this. He's got a body clock that will wake him up early anyway, but he is setting an alarm for Saturday morning to wake up and watch, presumably, the All Atlantic City Dream match. Yes, absolutely. I've just, in full view of Adam Wilborn, set my alarm for five to six, Oof. with the idea being that there is one match on this show. I'm not getting spoiled. I'm hyped enough to dedicate an early morning to. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I just can't go on Twitter. Yeah. And I can't give it my full attention if my kids wake up and I wake up at the same time and I'm woken up by my kids and I can't just, right, need some screen time. Yeah. We'll do some fun things later in the day so I'm not a guilty, stupid parent, lazy, but you can have some screen time in the morning. Let's all be honest with ourselves. Kids need screen time because adults need the kids to have screen time because you cannot physically occupy them with fun things because they get overtired, mm -hmm. you get stressed, you get exhausted. Screen time is good. Let's yes. normalize screen time. <laughs> I watched telly a lot as a kid. Oh, yeah. And you, you, 
know what I want to, do you want to know what I watched on telly as a kid? What's that? Wrestling, <laughs> which fueled my love of it and my hatred of it and my career of it. So mm-hmm. screen time's good. You don't have to bloody read books and go on activities all the f- time. You can, but some screen time's good. Exactly. Oh, we talked about this the other day. My parents wanted to be a lawyer, and now I just talk about wrestling on the internet. Yeah. yeah the, the world's going to change. The world's going to change. Yeah. So I don't want to say... Elon Musk is going to fix... <laughs> $8 a month. Eight, I love how he's bought it with Stephen King. What an absolute clown. $20. All right. $8. $8. $8. What an idiot. Anyway, so I don't want to sit there. 7 o'clock. Right, James, Mr. Beast you like on your tablet. Charlotte, uh, what is it? Spirit Rangers, I believe she's watching. What's that one? I don't know. I don't watch it with her. <laughs> it's on Twitter. It's fine. Oh, so, uh, Previously on Spirit Rangers. <laughs> it's like Spirit Rangers, oh, Peppa Pig, here you go. So oh, that, right, okay. Pig. Right, you watch that, you watch that. I'll uh, tell you on my phone, right? Shabbat versus Cassidy. Daddy. What? <laughs> Orange Cast, he's about to do a headbutt. Yeah. The question I've wanted to ask since watching the greatest or one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, Akada versus Shibata. Um, right, I've been wanting to know if he can do this again properly for five years, Charlotte. With all due respect. I don't care what Peppa Pig's up to or if it's funny. Is Peppa Pig Roman Reigns from about five years ago in terms of they're like, look at this baby face. What a baby face. And you're like, you're not a baby face. You do know that, don't you? I think it's, you know what? Peppa Pig's actually quite, quite well written in terms of they want the parents to get something different out of it to the kids. So it's not like there's like... a wink. Yeah, there's not like hidden sex jokes. (laughs) But like the kids can watch it on the basis of, oh, there's those bright colors and they're... You know, there's things that you do and they're doing. Oh, I don't want like fucking kids like it. <laughs> but for the parents, at least the uh, the parents, I think anyway, are deliberately written to be sort of arrogant twats <laughs> who think they're great at parenting and activities, and then it all falls in their face. And you can get a little bit of catharsis out of that. So it's not just you. I think I'm more team. I'm very much yeah. When they were like, check Roman Reigns out, and you're like, what about those two guys who were with him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like that with uh, is it George Pig? I'm very much like, let's put George Pig over a bit more than... No, George Pig just cries all the time. Uh, Seven years where I've heard crying every single day. (laughs) So you team Daddy Pig? I'm team just go on Twitter while I watch it, to be fair. (laughs) You're team Shabata. Team Shabata. I'm team Shabata. I can also imagine, like, because we've talked before about watching wrestling with people who don't watch wrestling, and you're like, just please, just give it a chance. And, you know, some people go... I but they're not really hitting each other. They're like, well, well, they are. He got a sub subdural hematoma or whatever. So they clearly are hitting each other quite hard. Yes. Um, I can only imagine. Like this is one of your dream matches. And remember your excitement. I think it was yesterday when Meltzer revealed two matches: Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson for Shibata. Oh my god. Uh, so someone coming in and going, what's that you're watching? No, no, no. Uh, you need, like you yeah, say, this, yeah, yeah. this this bubble to go into to watch this match. Absolutely. So, yeah, just one more little take. You know what kids do when they wake up? And it ostensibly is the most adorable thing, except when you're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And James started it, and Charlotte's copied. And it's so, like, wholesome. Mm-hmm. Morning time. It's like, oh, it's so sweet. But I'm... Um, Tired actually. It's not morning time yet, is it? It's f-ing half five. <laughs> My nephew did it when he stayed with us once, and like you say, we were like, "That is absolutely lovely." And then you told me that story, and I went over and told Aunt Louise, like, "Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't stay nice that all the time." <laughs> morning time. <laughs> it's oh. gone from being the most the most beautiful sound to wake up to to like, 
It begins. It begins. <laughs> it begins. Because they're like just oh, morning time. Great. Hate sleep. <laughs> Hate not being full of life and beans and doing things. Oh, get in. It's morning time. Another day. And I'm like, oh, another day, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy about How long is this day going to be? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy about there being another day, but it's a bit long, isn't it? It's a bit early for this. Anyway, Shabbat versus Cassidy. Um, there's been a lot of questions on this. And just to... Um, Clarify what we've heard or haven't heard mm. about Shabbat's status, his willingness or like ability to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, on Observer Radio yesterday, they were as nonplussed and shocked as everybody else at the fact that this match is happening in this context, um, particularly. And Melter uh, Alvarez, sorry, asked the question of Dave. Well, does this mean he's cleared? Um, because he may or may not have gone into business for himself at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year when he said, no, I'm not doing a UWF, UWFI exhibition, actually, with Ren Narita. We're just going to have a match. Normal rules. And um, it was claimed that no one knew he was going to do this. Dave Meltzer reported it. He was, in fact, banded off for reporting this, but Shabbat hasn't wrestled a match since. No. <laughs> which is telling. Very telling, in my opinion. And yet he's working a match in AEW. So Alvarez is saying, so what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Are New Japan, like, deathly afraid of clearing Shibata in case the worst happens? And AEW just gone, well, why not? <laughs> it's not our toy. It's not our toy, and, you know, our doctors say he's probably fine to do it, so let's go ahead. And Meltzer's like, I just don't know. This yeah. is taking him by, this is taking him, this match announcement, completely aback. And he was um, incredulous at the idea that Shibata's first proper announced match back in that it's not an angle where, oh, it didn't really take anything to his head. So wrestling fans are such ghouls, and I include myself among mm-hmm. them, because when you're watching that um, it's 2019 angle between Kenta and Shibata with a guy who nearly died in the ring, yeah. nearly died during surgery, the left side of his body was paralyzed. Jeez. His brain was removed during <laughs> surgery. <laughs> I forgot about that bit. And you're thinking when you're watching, or at least I'm thinking when I'm watching this Kenta Shibata angle, kick him in the head so I know the match is happening. Mm. Like I'm willingly yes. wanting a man who's endured all of this to get kicked in the head just so my little dream match dreams exactly. can happen. So let's mitigate this excitement and be a little bit of a safety police officer. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because is this the best idea? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not a doctor, right? So I don't know for certain. But if I was the promoter and a doctor has said, miracle, he's good to go, I would have this ingrained fear, knowing the full story and all of its harrowing, gruesome detail of, I know you're the doctor and I've got something that you don't really um, study for. Um, It's called a hunch. (laughs) A bit of fear. Are you sure? I don't know, sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, Melter doesn't know if this is going to be the full-blown Shabbat or experience. I would guess, given the way in which this match and the opponent and the night and the town is happening, I don't think we're in for the full-blown Shabbat or experience. No. If, in fact, world-renowned doctors, and it would have to be a team of them, I suspect, mm-hmm. not yeah. just one, um, that's how Danielson got cleared, certainly. If it was all absolutely gravy and roses... And he's fine. He's somehow miraculously um, recovered, and he's 100% good to go. He would be doing something at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, as his big, big return. He's a New Japan guy, even though he was the black sheep. But you know, he's now a New Japan guy. He's he's charged with like um, 
bringing up the next generation of talents. So he is a New Japan guy after all these years. So if it was full-blown Shibata, it would be in the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Surely it would be. So the fact that it's happening in AW on Rampage in Atlantic City and not Tokyo or Osaka or anywhere else leads me to believe that he's not going to take anything to the head. He might take a flat back. But the fact that it's Cassidy, Orange Cassidy of all people, who can work meta matches, who can work comedy matches, who can get a response from literally, as part of his character, doing nothing Mm -hmm. or the lightest contact imaginable, and that's his bit, leads me to believe that it's not going to be full-blown Shibata and that the incredulity and the shock at Shibata in Atlantic City on Rampage in AEW when he hasn't even done New Japan yet leads me to believe that this is going to be black comedy-adjacent, grappling-heavy, low-impact when he eventually does kick the crap out of Cassidy, and Cassidy's fully 100% cleared, yeah. so it could go that way around. But yeah, I think this is going to be um, a very smart, safe workaround match and not the full-blown Shibata experience, but I still think it will be great on that basis. Yeah. I know you've got Gina for something to say, but one more thing, and I'll probably talk afterwards as well, <laughs> actually. Have you seen the graphic? The actual match graphic for Cassidy Shabata. Yes. He's not in the black trunks and black boots. Tellingly, in my opinion, he's wearing his attire with which he wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. Impromptu, and I think it was a World Tag League, where I was like, right, he's going to be UWFI rule Shabata, which is basically a euphemism marketing for, yeah, it's not Shabata that you know. It's a different Shabata who can't do as much. The fact that he's wearing that gab indicates to me that it's a clue telling you mm. that it's going to be more of a Cassidy match than a Shibata match. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I obviously def- defer to you on matters like this, but there's also a bit of me that, like, the way 2022 has gone, there's a bit of me that's like, we sort of said, pat on the head, oh, that's nice, isn't it? When Goldberg was like, I'm just going to have a match uh, against uh, against Brock, and you're like, oh, that's nice, that'll be a nice little outing. So I'm not going to rule out... By the end of Friday night, Shibata being all Atlantic champion and taking that to the bloody Tokyo Dome or something. Yeah, absolutely. But no, my indication from all the clues that I've just gathered is that it's not going to be the full-blown Shibata experience, but it's still going to be a great experience, yeah. truly. And I believe, um, again, using Dave Meltzer's reporting, he said on Observer Radio yesterday, or Wednesday or whenever, um, that... Shibata has come to AEW and requested two matches. Oof. I love the idea that he actively wants to wrestle Orange Cassidy, given it's even wilder, because at least Suzuki in his past has done comedy yeah, and things like that. The idea that Shibata wants Cassidy is just such a great... No, they all love Orange Cassidy and it, recognize that he's a genius. It was mad enough when he just put the glasses on at yeah. the end door. He just loves Cassidy. It's great. I think that it's this way around on purpose, with the idea being that... I think tonight's match on Rampage, which I'm going to fantasy book some spots for imminently because mm-hmm. it's going to be great, um, is going to double as an exercise in establishing fan expectations for what Shibata can and more prominently cannot mm-hmm. do. So once that's out the way and people have realized, all right, okay, it's not 2017 anymore, probably never will be for someone like Shibata given everything he went through. But 
oh, now that I'm used to what this is, I can look forward to a different kind of Shibata mm-hmm. match um, in the coming months. I think they're doing Cassidy and then Danielson as opposed to Danielson and then Cassidy because people will be more prepared to accept Cassidy stuff um, first and then when they realize, all right, he hasn't taken any kicks to the head or any flat back bumps or any pile drivers or beach breaks or anything like that. Right, now that I'm getting Shibata versus Danielson, the idea of Shibata versus Danielson is literally the coolest match of all time. time. <laughs> The most violent match of all time. And I think if they had just built a storyline of Archer Shibata versus Danielson, I don't know, full gear or winter is coming or something like that, people would have a completely radically different expectation of what that match would be. But it will work in a completely different context once people are aware of what happens on Rampage tonight. If he takes a beach break (laughs) and the DDT and then no sells it and kicks the shit out of Cassidy, amazing. I just don't think it's going to happen. Orange Cassidy's a genius at this. Shabbat has already proven in those matches against Narita and ZSJ that he can work a great match with way more limitations than any other wrestler and still make it great. They can still have some fun with it. They can still tease what he can't do because it's all about the spaces in between moves. That's what pro wrestling is and always will be. I love the idea. I fantasy booked this yesterday, but I'm so excited that I'm going to say it again and the mega fans will forgive me. It is great as well. Cassidy, hands in the pockets. Like, it's such an inspired dynamic and a contrast of characters that they're going <laughs> to get a huge pep by going nose to nose. I love the idea of Cassidy, hands in his pockets, just gently prodding his head against Shibata, taunting the bear, the biggest bear he's ever faced. The idea of then Shibata, with his great facial expressions, just a sickly grin to suggest, what is this arsehole doing? I'm about to implode his skull. <laughs> leaning back, terrifying and thrilling people in equal measure with the idea of, oh, don't do a headbutt. Mm. It almost killed you last time. Leaning back, doing it. That's when Cassidy ducks and does some stuff. Yeah. Um, that would be a great bit. Just the minute where Cassidy does, even if he doesn't do that, and he does the kicks. Like I always said, my dream match is the first minute of every Orange Cassidy match. I remember when we were... Um, previewing way back in 2020 in our respective homes, Orange Cassidy versus Mr. Brody Lee for the TNT title. I was like, I cannot wait to see what the first minute of that match looks like. Oh. I've got like eight different scenarios in my head. Um, Mr. Brody Lee being so great, did something even better and just stood on his foot. And it was great. I just can't wait for the first minute of this match. Even if I don't know if the remaining 11, 12, whatever, can possibly be the full-blown Shabbatra experience, what is he going to make of those leg kicks? I dread to think. He could just kick him straight in the ankles and then start to really try and stamp on him, but only catch the canvas because Cassidy's such a great escapologist of a wrestler. This is going to be amazing. Cassidy's going to win, I think. Yes. And the match could be incredible. People are going to be pissed that Shibata isn't going to win, but hopefully by that point they'll have realized, right, it's not the real Shibata. It's still a great Shibata. It's not the real undiluted Shibata. So I will excuse this as a new chapter in his career. Let's just be grateful we're getting some of it. If he takes the beach break and black trunks, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's one of those as well where Shibata's legend is such that if you establish this expectation that he's going to lose in these matches, will my appetite for Shibata versus Danielson be diminished anymore? 
I don't think so. I'll mm. still I'll watch exactly, yeah. I'll watch Danielson and Shibata just work holds and not do any bumps and it will be a masterpiece. A oh. masterpiece of grappling. So yeah, I'll, I'm up for everything. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I, it's possible for this to be disappointing to me because, like you say, I'm not going in going cool, getting old Shibata back. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a, a case of tempering expectations, yeah. but also at the same time remembering if uh, you had a time machine and you went to yourself at the start of 2022. I mean, I don't know what you'd start with for this year in wrestling, but certainly I think in the certain top five of this can't happen yeah. this year this would be up there absolutely just one more thing and if i'm i know i'm repeating myself but i'm just trying to create a sense <laughs> of expectation here and a modest one they are putting shibata in the opposite of the shibata context outside of japan not even on dynamite against orange cassidy the training gear on the match graphic i think they are telling you or showing you at least encouraging you to think it's not the cast. It's not Shibata. It kind of is, but it isn't. So that's why this match is happening, I think. But beach break and black trunks. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, there's some other great stuff to look forward to uh, on this Dynamite as well. Uh, one of the things being the return of Ricky Starks. We've missed him. Oh, I've missed him greatly. <laughs> greatly missed uh, Ricky Starks. This is interesting. The timing is more interesting still. 
he's going to get interrupted by a new challenger emerging. But who is that new challenger? He's mm-hmm. not there for now. Um, I don't know. Who isn't doing anything? That's process of elimination is the best thing to do here. Look who's pretty certain to do something at full gear. Remove all of those names from the equation. And then think about, he's not coming. We don't hear from Ricky Starks two weeks after a pay-per-view where he can work a program with just someone. Yeah. This feels to me like they've got something planned from at the pape. And again, the opposite of my Shabbat tone here, I want to create expectations and rampant ones, even if they don't come true, because I think the timing of this is curious. You don't bring back Ricky Starks, who has this amazing following, who everyone that I see online, no one's going, oh, I don't miss Ricky Starks. I don't no. care that he's not in full gear. Virtually every single take I read is along the lines of, where's Ricky Starks? It's promotional malpractice that they're not doing anything with him. It would be a terrible idea from an idiot, and Tony Khan isn't that, to bring him back right on the eve of a pay-per-view and then just put him up against, oh, he's working, he's the next person to get interrupted by smart Mark Sterling for some really <laughs> frivolous undercard fare. So I can't see that happening. I think Ricky Starks and Miro. Ooh. Next off. Yeah, next off. I was going to suggest something different because, like you say, we're, what, two weeks away from full gear, I believe it is? Uh, and also it was alluded to by Shivani that we're hearing from more people who's going to enter the tournament. Yeah. Ethan Page, Ricky Starks tournament final, potentially. Oh, my God. That could be fantastic. They could talk me into that match, even though they don't need to. Um, putting Ricky Starks in, like, the orbit of title contention is a strong idea, even if he doesn't necessarily win because it's better than something with Smart Mark Sterling. It indicates to people that they want him in there, just not quite yet. Mm. Um, and you've talk, we've talked before about these tournaments, it being a bit, and we alluded to it a bit on the Dynamite thing, with Ethan Page commentating on a Moxley match and going, cool, you're winning the tournament then. But we've said, well, there's another name we've mentioned there. I think if you you know, we've got Dante Martin in the tournament as well. I think they're the only two who have been officially confirmed so far. Um, I don't think Dante Martin's going to win it. No offense to him. But you chuck in Ethan Page, Eddie Kingston, and Ricky Starks. Any of them could win. Gets interesting then. Because then, you know, Ethan Page, whatever way you decide to take this MJF character, has an issue and a justification to fight him with the firm stuff. But then also, Eddie Kingston versus MJF and Ricky Starks versus MJF. World title feud. Oh, my God. That'd be so weird because everyone wants to cheer MJF and have him be a babyface at this point. If you introduce Starks as his it's the sexiest first world opponent, of all time. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you introduce Starks as the opponent, that dynamic just gets whiplash. <laughs> all right, I want to boom again because Ricky Starks is his opponent. Yeah. So loads of interesting directions, and I really just hope um, Tony Khan takes one of them. Yeah, just give him a mic, give him five minutes, and yeah, remind us what we've been missing with Ricky Starks. Because like you say, it was weird that they did the whole blow-off feud with... Hobbs, and then they both just disappeared. Yeah, it kind of went fifty-fifty anyway. Yeah, and then I'm mean, happy. I'm, I'm happy. Powerhouse Hobbs is back, and I, you know, they brought him back brilliantly. I buy him as a potential uh, future TNT champion. But Ricky Starks, you're like, cool. Where, where, where's Ricky? Where's Ricky? Where's Ricky? And if you look at the other people who've been on TV, like I got a big laugh out the Jarrett thing, and it's going to end up being a really fun, hopefully one-off party tag. But that's while really fun. Misplaced priorities. Mm. If you didn't have Starks, Miro, like that caliber of talent on your roster, that's fine. Do mm. like prioritize Jeff Jarrett. 
You don't need to because you've got all of that talent, but it looks like it's being utilised. Well, just a quick word on that now. Now the dust has slightly started to settle after that bonkers dynamite. And uh, Did we even press the button? What? The Call Me Maybe button. We haven't had it yet. We dropped the uh, we dropped the other one. Maybe we'll wrap up with uh, with the Call Me Maybe. Got to give the people what they want. Okay. <laughs> but we got word on the, the Jeff Jarrett thing. You know, we got news today about the, they've got him to do more international things for AEW. Now you've had time to sleep on it. How do you feel about Jeff Jarrett being all elite? Look, it's going to end up as a party match. And they might take the Lambert route where he's not really in it that much, but... They take it too far, but they've generally got a good sense of these things where they realise when things of one-note acts start to lose their luster, they're usually quite quick to go, yeah, we've had enough of this now, and I think the audience have too. Let's just sort of let that sort of peter out. So I don't expect it's asinine to think that Jeff Jarrett is going to operate as a character in AEW in 22 like he did in TNA in 2004, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. It's just not happening. It just isn't happening. It's a meme. It isn't actually going to happen. And I think once all the dust is settled and he gets a guitar on his own head, it'll all be fine. I'm that very... spot that you talked about as well. Yesterday Should I save it for the full gear preview or will I forget? Do it, I'll do it both. Just you know, do it twice. They, they'll, they'll, they'll forgive you. Right. So the climax of the match... Darby Allen and Jeff Jarrett, uh, Darby Allen Sting versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, full gear. Jeff Jarrett has faced pissing blood because I think blood's the exclusive home of pay per view at this point. Yes. If you notice how John Moxley's matches haven't had any blood, I think that's a mm-hmm. Warner Discovery mandate, but that's a conversation for another time. So I want everyone to bleed on this pay per view, basically. <laughs> I've missed my blood. I'm a sicko. Blood soaked. Jeff Jarrett smashes a guitar. Over Sting's head. Sting wobbles. Jeff Jarrett turns to the hard camera like a goddamn pro. Yeah. And a carny. He didn't strut in celebration of beating down Darby because he's saving that for the pape like a pro. Yes. He's going to do that. Uh, 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 oh, strut. Peace signs in the air. Unbeknownst to him, <laughs> Sting has no-sold the chair shot. The guitar shot. The guitar shot. The chair is still wrapped around his neck. Jeff Jarrett is going to catch the audience's pop and go, no, surely he hasn't done that. Turn around. Boom. Scorpion death drop. Darby Allen comes back into frame. Coffin drop. That's the finish. Perfect. I'm very interested in the, um, the British ramifications for this Jeff Jarrett deal. Look, I personally think that AEW, and it's weird that they haven't run the UK this year, particularly like when their go-to markets have really sort of yeah. like gone cold. Um, I don't know why they didn't do it. It's kind of weird that they didn't. And I don't think they needed Jeff Jarrett to like book, arrange a UK tour. No. Um, they'll have contacts there. Tony Khan literally operates a club in the EPL and he knows the area, so it's fine. But... Um, you know, if Jarrett can sort of get these international tours going with yes. his various contacts, let's get going, God damn it! Ugh. I wouldn't mind. Um, that's, the ranking system has been de-emphasized, which means that they can actually do house shows because if people just win loads of matches, it's no real record. Mm-hmm. It's still a record. It's still on the lower graphic, but no one really pays attention to it anymore, right? But one of the reasons why they 
didn't want to do house shows because they didn't want to like beat their wrestlers into the ground mm-hmm. and work a WWE schedule. That was meant to be a benefit um, to the wrestlers to recruit the wrestlers. But now there are so many wrestlers that they actually want to work more. Mm-hmm. So it's reported on the obs- in the Observer this week that they are at least thinking about doing house shows, which Jarrett can facilitate. Um, but it's a bit of an old take, irrelevant. Don't know what my idea was, right? Go on. So if AW want to do house shows, get a bit more money, um, but not count the wins on the records, but at the same time, you don't want to buy a ticket necessarily. The UK people would buy a ticket for anything in AW, I'm convinced of this. People don't want to buy a ticket for 10 versus Matt Hardy. <laughs> so it's Matt Hardy, I'm sorry, Matt. It's just become a bit of a running joke. You were great for years and very influential, but you know, I'm sick of you now. Yeah. I was going to call it the Exhibition of Excellence Tour. Ooh. Where not only is excellence exhibited in matches that you wouldn't see on TV because Tony Khan's a bit of a coward when he wants to book people. <laughs> so you can see like Miro versus Kenny Omega. And Hang on. Oh my God. Brian Danielson versus Malachi Black. Oh my God. All these matches that, oh my God, it doesn't matter if they don't count. Let's have that incredible roster interacts with itself. Yeah. So these exhibitions of excellence, but in exhibition matches, I don't count. Love it. I Love should have it. Jeff Jarrett's job. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I, you know, I think that for the the childlike pops that we uh, exhibited on, on the Dynamite review yesterday, I think he's already justified becoming all elite for the stuff he can do on camera, but I think he's going to be, I do think he's going to be invaluable backstage. Um, because, yeah, look at what WWE... It's, we talked about this on the news today. When can we have Jeff Jarrett? You've got Jeff Jarrett at home. Jeff Jarrett at home is road, road dog. dog. <laughs> He's a piece of crap. Yeah, so I think, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, the pandemic was bad enough, but finding out Firefest was going to come here in 2020 really rubbed it in. But it did. It was like, oh, no, don't tell me that now. You know what we could have seen live in person? No, don't, don't say it. The Canadian destroyer spot to the outside. Oh. Imagine that in like a thirty thousand strong Craven Cottage. Oh. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my god. Don't Oh, sorry, I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> um, but sticking with good old blighty, uh, Jamie <laughs> is in action. <laughs> Tonight, uh, great news, obviously, that she's going to be challenging for the interim AW Women's title uh, at the paper in a couple of weeks. She's tagging with Britt Baker, her friend for now, uh, versus Madison Rain and Sky Blue, and you're doing your chair gimmick. I'm doing my ch- it's our gimmick. I genuinely find this really sort of weirdly relaxing. <laughs> it's balancing on two legs of his chair, but he's leaning against the soundproof wall. I don't know why I like doing You'll this. break your neck. Break my bloody neck. I'm not excited about this remotely. It's, uh, look, I want to be nice. You don't want to be some, like, knacker, being unpleasant, saying, I told you so when everyone could have told you so. I don't want to see Madison Rain wrestle on TV much. That's fair. It's. I don't think she's been particularly good. And again, I've got no doubt about her experience and ability as a coach. Yes. And I said it a million times, and I would like to reiterate it, just to appear sensitive and not be a complete arsehole, that the very best wrestlers in the world don't become coaches. It's just a weird way it works. Um, the best footballers in the world don't become coaches. It's mm-hmm. just a complete mentality difference, how you can impart that knowledge. You can't impart what Messi does. You just can't do that. Mm. 
Um, so Madison Rain, probably a good coach. She hasn't wrestled one match that I would consider respectable yet mm. in AEW. They've always kind of fallen apart. They've never really garnered any interest from crowds. And they've never, the result of those matches has never felt remotely in doubt. No. <laughs> uh, they've fallen apart. They've been bad. They've had no heat. No one expects it to win. And it's just an obligation. This is just pretext to some kind of promo mm. involving the heels after the fact. And I've got no interest whatsoever in watching um, the match. Maybe the sky blue Jamie Hayter inter- interactions could be um, ghoulishly entertaining if Hayter kills her. I think Not literally, obviously, yes. but you really want a sympathetic green spirited bumper like Sky Blue to just get her ass kicked. Yeah, and the thing is, right, I'm not saying that we don't have many matches like this across both companies, like, but we're not going in going, maybe uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue could steal one here. No, Jamie Hayes is fighting for the world title on the on the pape, and uh, yeah, um, Britt Baker's going to be working, presumably, Saray's first match, so they're not going to lose. So why not, instead of going... 10 minutes, right? I'm not going to get 10 minutes. It's a women's match. Come on. Come on. Um, that's what Tony Khan does. Um, and, uh, and oh, oh, Madison Rain's got an ear fall. No. Do you know what I'd do here? Don't have Britt Baker work it. No. Have Jamie Hayter be both of them. And Britt Baker be like, hang on a second. Like, she's there to cut a promo about DMD and I'm going to kill Soraya and this doctor thinks you're going to get your ass kicked. Well, they cut better promos than I can. But Jamie Hayter, by the end of that, uh, Soraya Britt Baker match feud could be world champ interim, but could be world champion. And yeah. Britt Baker's needs to start realizing because they've teased this for so bloody long now. Needs to start realizing. Hang on a second, you're not just my muscle. All of a sudden, you've got a title shot and you've got a chance of winning it. They could do that, and Jamie Hayter just handily kicks both her asses. Yeah, and Britt Baker because she needs a win. Um, she could do the tags in and gets the. I'll take pin it from gimmick. here. I'll take <laughs> it from out. Cold. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, take it. I'll take it from here, gimmick, because it gives her a win on paper with which she can boast to Soraya of, you know, it's still, I've got a win last week. It's still my house. <laughs> yeah. And I do like the idea of when she, when she has someone like out cold. A bit like when Danielson's like, should I pin him? No, I'm going to stamp on his yeah, head or whatever. Yeah. Like, Come on, mate, Brian. You, you've won the match. Just, just get the pinfall. No, no. I think I'll get the submission victory. Actually. So yeah, the idea of Jamie Hater taking out Sky Blue and she's just splat on the mat. <laughs> I'll take it from here. Just pop the glove on. Yeah. For it. Like, come on. Just get on. Yeah, I really like that as a little additional tweak to the match. I don't want to blow up your spot here, Will Porn. Go on. But and yes, our record last week of. Guessing the match that will inevitably be added wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's only two matches set for Rampage this week, is there not? At time of recording? At time of recording, I think you are correct, yes. Do you think there'll be another one? Ooh, another one. I want to get Rick Ross working. No, another one, <laughs> which is me when I finish watching Shabbat Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I thought rather than a match, we could get uh, a special segment because... Uh, Mike Tyson's back for some reason. Um, I don't want to see this. Well, yes. The only thing I want to see from this is the Gooch. The, the Gooch is back. Get Mickey Gooch back. The Gooch is back. I mean, there's probably going to be, I think, uh, I can't remember you or, or Murray pointed this out, that there's going to be some sort of tete-a-tete between 
<laughs> Mike Tyson and Ring of Honor world champion Chris Jericho. Yeah, they've had that uh, long-running association <laughs> in AEW, so they could have this progressively uh, feisty exchanges on commentary, mm-hmm. and then Mike Tyson go off his nut. <laughs> and then headset down before the main event, do some kind of angle, and Mike Tyson. They did this gimmick last time, but, you know, they, they want the picture. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson, I'm I'm from TMZ. <laughs> Mike Tyson's on Dynamite. I'll get some clicks. Let's put that on. And AW want this to get circulated in the mainstream media. Mike Tyson becomes an honorary member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And the idea being that when his arms are raised aloft after he beats up Chris Jericho or sparks him out, inciting a brawl or whatever, the picture will be of Claudio and Utah. Yeah. Or Moxley or Danielson or whatever, but probably Claudio and Utah getting their hands raised by Mike Tyson with the idea being they're getting Claudio and Utah's faces like online where they wouldn't normally exist. Yeah. So that's how I see it going. Yeah, I like that. Um, and... Uh... I, not to, you know, tell the AW production team how to do their job, but maybe don't cut to him when he's yawning in the middle of a match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But instead of that, if that doesn't happen, I think you're probably right, it is going to. But to keep things interesting. It's time to play the game. And that game, Michael Michael Sidgwick, is called. Sorry, you do it. I'll do it. You do it. Right, so three, two, one. Who's getting KO'd by Mike Tyson? Yes. <laughs> so I have the AW roster page open in front. It's probably going to be Smart Mark Sterling. But if it's not Smart Mark Sterling, I have the AW roster page in front of me. I'm going to scroll through it. You don't want Smart Mark Sterling to have a legal reason for Mike Tyson not to appear. <laughs> so I would absolutely keep well away do from that. Do not do that. But Optics are already terrible as it is, Tony. Yes. So I'm scrolling through the uh, AW roster page. You tell me when to stop. You give me a number between one and four. And that, to conclude today's podcast, is our prediction as to who's getting KO'd by Mike Tyson or Mickey Gooch, obviously the real star. Um, right. Tell me when. It's the Abbey. Right. Okay. <laughs> Some real interesting ones here. One to four. Three. <laughs> right. You'll probably guess where this is going. But no word of like, because we do this as well on the SmackDown thing, and I, I sense people probably think, like, oh, you're just doing this just to... I swear, you haven't seen me touch the computer. I'm going to turn it around. You said three. It's whatever's on my screen. I'm, gonna do the, I'm not going to do everyone, but I will say, if you'd have said one, do you know who you'd have got? Smart Mark Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> to continue the... Um, uh, ongoing conspiracy theories regarding us and a certain wrestler within AEW. Tonight, Michael Sidgwick, according to you and I, as part of our prediction for tonight's AEW Rampage, enjoy tonight's show. They've actually tried with this one. The person who's going to be getting KO'd by Mike Tyson is... Matt Hardy! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that to happen to him. I just don't want it to be on my screen as much. You literally could not make it up, couldn't you? You didn't either. I just saw the evidence. <laughs> I was like, please don't say one. Just don't say one. 
Oh, it's my moment, so there we go. Uh, right, well, enjoy AW Rampage tonight and all Atlantic City Dream Match. I still can't believe we're getting that. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, the SmackDown preview is available right now. Uh, we'll be back later on today with WrestleCulture with a hashtag Bloody Quiz. And me and Sidgwick will be back on Monday to review Orange Cassidy versus Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah! I can't believe that's a real thing. Anyway, right, enjoy Rampage. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you. Oh, no, no, he's not. He's not here. He's not he's here. not here at all. I don't know what you got. Oh, yeah. Enjoy Friday's edition of Rampage, Thanks to Sidg. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 